The first question is how I read out a question. How do you know reincarnation exists and karma similar to heaven and hell in Christianity as moral guidance? How do we know reincarnation exists? A good question. How do we know reincarnation exists? Is that the same, the same, <clears throat> more or less the same question is, how do we know God exists? How do we know God exists? How do, how do we know, but how do we know God exists? We'll put that question aside. How do we know reincarnation exists? How can we believe in reincarnation? Well, how do you normally believe in something? How do we normally believe in something? Um, we believe in something from many ways. We believe in something from direct contact of it. I believe this is a cup, so I have direct contact in it. I believe uh, this is an old man, this is a young man, so you have direct contact, you have direct knowledge of it. <clears throat> I believe this is a book. Um, Another kind of belief is, you may not have direct contact with it. You believe by, by postulation, by, by analysis, by thinking back, by investigation, by <clears throat> many various means. Um, reincarnation is something that, that is you cannot have direct contact with. A cup, you have direct contact with the knowledge, you know about it. Um, but we have to analyze it, we think about it. If time has a present and a... What is time, the time dimension? The time has a present, right? It's the present time. And we have a present, then we have a past. Yesterday, last minute, two years ago, three years ago, or a hundred years ago, there's a past. And time dimension also have a future. The future is more abstract to grasp. Let's talk about the past and the present. Our time, even in this livelihood, in this body, have a present and a past. Yesterday, the day before, and the Buddha told us that the time concept is not just in one life. You cannot just consider this one life as, an ex as a distinct entity without a past. Without a past life, I have this one life. So you only look at your time dimensions within your one lifetime that is a very restricted horizon of your understanding. You only have, if, if you're a 50-year-old, 
you only, you only look at the 50 years time span. Now that's too limited. And logically, that has problem too. Because if, it is con if, if time is continuation, where are you going after this present time? You say, I don't know. Maybe I'll go to heaven. Maybe I'll go down hell. Now, if you have just one lifetime, apart from understanding it, it's a very dangerous concept in society. Why? I only have one lifetime. I didn't have a past. I, didn't have a, I won't have a future. So I can do whatever pleases me. Whatever I feel happy, I can do. Because I only have this one lifetime. So as long as I'm happy, for, the, for that reason, you can do anything you want, by all means, achieve your quote-unquote happiness. You can kill, you can steal, you can lie, you can do whatever you want as long as you're happy. You, you, you chop up the time concept as one lifetime. That's usually a criminal's attitude. I don't care as, as long as I'm happy. But if you have a reincarnation concept, you will say, whatever I do will bring karma to my next life. Then you hesitate as to say, to this life I may be happy, but I bring karma to next life. And understanding reincarnation, there are a lot of, what, when you understand science, how do you, how do you believe in science? How do you understand science? By experiments. Science believes in facts. If there's no facts, science also believes in, in things we can see, we can feel, we can touch, or see, feel, touch by machines, by equipment. Other than that, if things can be sensed even by their own equipments, they don't believe it. But reincarnation has a lot of supportive empirical evidence. If you study, if you get into, into the uh, reincarnation expert, there, was a, there were many reincarnation scholars studying reincarnation. One of the scholars is by the, by the name Anderson. For the past 200 years, Anderson, Anderson conducted survey and empirical evidences for 30 years. He went to India, he went to everywhere around the world to study reincarnation. And he had a lot of empirical evidences. For example, one of the hundreds of evidences in, 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 in India that I've seen in his scholar work. There was one teenager, he was able to remember his past life. And he was actually murdered. And he remembered his past life and he showed to the authority that, look, I was murdered by my uncle and my body was buried somewhere, my past buried somewhere, and, and so on and so on. I'm just making the story short. So the uh, authority went to dig and they dig out the body, the corpse. And it was in, a, in a, another distant village. The, the, the teenager wouldn't have any idea as to where that corpse was buried. And in another case, there was a, a girl um, who was again reborn in one village? She would belong to another village. She was belongs to another village, and she actually wanted to go back to see her mom. So 
Anderson followed with the girl to go back to her village. And she hadn't been to that distant village before, and she knew all the way in the village. The name of the streets. He walked all the way and showed when at home. He called mom, you know, and the, the uncle, the niece, and, and they, they all know their names. Because that girl was the reincarnate of another girl 13 years ago. So many of these empirical evidences to support reincarnation. Um, not just empty uh, 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 contemplation of reincarnation, is even a concept more concrete than God. How do we know God exists? Even more concrete than the concept of existence of God. Reincarnation is so concrete. You have to think of it. Time is not just one, that's not just the present. You have to believe that where you come from. And also, there are people whom we call Genesis. Um, many, many years ago, 20 years ago, I, uh, I watched uh, a show and there was a boy, uh, I think it was in the, in the late show or something, just seven years old, never played piano before. And somehow his mom and dad uh, brought him to a toy shop and he got this um, keyboard and uh, he listened to it and brought it home. And then since that day, his brother's piano, he, he was able to play very classical music. He played from memory. He didn't even have the notes in front of him. Because the keyboard, the, the musical keyboard, sort of stimulated his previous life ingenuity of music. And it all came back to him. He went to his brother's piano and he just played from memory of all these classical music notes. Beethoven and Bach, you know. Where did he learn this? Previous life. There's so many examples of Genesis of the world, um, painters, uh, musicians, and they are people who are particularly skilled with certain things. Why would they like that? And, and of course, some scientists just, just said that, oh, it's because the brain, brain structure, without even going into the details of the study of brain, uh, even up to now, Scientists could not cover all the broad concept of scientific studies of the brain. We only use 1%, 1 of our brain. What happened to the 99% remaining brain? We don't know. So, so um, there was a, uh, there was a, 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 a Thai girl and um, that's about 30 years ago, she was living in a village, and whenever airplane fly over the sky, she got scared, real scared, sweating and very scared. And on many occasions were like that. Every time when the, when the plane fly across the sky, she got ex absolutely scared, and um, the parents didn't know why, and, 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 and 
continue to investigate and, and, and know that the girl was able to, uh, to tell her past life. And she said in her past life, she was a Japanese soldier. And uh, they were cooking in the valley. That Japanese soldier was responsible for cooking as, as a cook, cooking for the other soldiers. And he was cooking and making a, a bonfire and cooking. And the enemy's plane fly over and everybody has to disperse into the, into the ambush. And he wasn't quick enough. He was trying to run and he got shot at the back by the machine gun and he died instantly. So in this life, every time when that girl who was the reincarnate of that Japanese soldier heard the plane flying, she got scared and she got very painful back pain because she was shot at the back from the from my machine gun at the back from the plane. There's so many of these evidences. Check the internet for Anderson's study of reincarnation. Anderson is a, a professor of uh, Columbia University. I don't know which university. Uh, there's so many scholars who are interested in reincarnation and they prove it exists. There is reincarnation. Even without looking at those empirical evidences, we know reincarnation tells us the past is not just your present life. The, uh, I mean, the, the time dimension is not just the present. It's the past, the present, and the future. I know of a, of a monk who told me a story. Um, at very young age, he particularly liked coconut tree. He lived in Hong Kong and never have, at that time, Hong Kong didn't have any coconut tree. He never had any, he always liked coconut tree and palm tree. And people asked him why, and he said, in my previous life, I lived in a place where I had a lot of coconuts and palm trees. So whenever I, whenever I draw these palm trees out, I feel happy. So in his previous life, he, told, he said that it could be, he could have, been a, could have been a monk living in, in, in a forest with coconuts and palms surrounding. And sometimes when you go to a place, you feel that I've been here before. I haven't been to this place, but it, it seems that I've been here before. Don't you have that feeling all the time? When you go to a town, you say, oh, this is the townhouse. It seems that I've been here. I had that experience. I don't know if you have. How come you have that experience? Probably you have been to that town before. So, um, are reincarnation and karma similar to heaven and hell? They're, they're quite different concepts. And karma also explains why people are different. Why, people, why some people are uh, better looking than the others, why people are healthier, why people are rich, why people are poor, why people... How come everybody applies, everybody's... Um, what the encounter in life are different. Even twins, they're different because their karma are different. Because in their previous life, what they have done, not the same. One could be more kind than the other. One could have committed a lot of bad karma. One could have committed a lot of good karma. They are different. So in this life, you carry that karma to this life. And usually, why are people so rich? Because in the previous life, they make a lot of donations. They were so generous in giving out. 
And why are people enjoying uh, good health and longevity? Because in their previous life, they always release animal lives from slaughterhouses. They don't kill animals for food. They're vegetarian. They're always, they, they're always kind and compassionate to animals. Whereas people who are cruel to animals, um, maybe in this life they enjoy shorter life. So everybody's karma, it, it, karma explains a lot of inequalities of life. Now who gave you these inequalities? God? No, you created them yourselves. God wouldn't have given you inequalities. You created them yourself in your previous life. You are your own creator of your own destiny. Don't blame anybody for it. But from, from tomorrow on, you've got to create a good destiny for you. How? Just request God to help you. Request yourself. Tomorrow I'm going to be different. Tomorrow I will be a, a good, benevolent man. I will do good. I will be of good karma. I can't just depend on God and on the other hand I'm doing bad deeds and telling God to excuse me, forgive me. You have to be on your own. You create your own destiny. You are strong, you have faith. You can change. But to people who does not want to change, they can't change destiny either. So, heaven and hell. What is heaven? Heaven is another level of existence. It's not absolute existence. It's just for sentient beings who perform much benevolent deeds than humans when they, when they passed away, they're reborn in a higher level in heavens and enjoying longevity and happiness. But when the happiness and longevity is due, they still go back to reincarnation. So we have to go beyond heaven to go to where, this, where, this, where, where the karma is all pure, all purify the karma, we go beyond heaven. You have to go beyond heaven. Heaven is still subject to reincarnation. Right, that's enough for this question. Because I can because there's a lot to, to explain in here. Can you explain the differences between pure land and nirvana? Uh, in the Buddhist teaching, there's so many roads leading to room, not just one way. Um, in the Mahayana, there are eight ways. Pure land and nirvana. Nirvana is a place, it, it, it's where you, you are out from reincarnation. It's not a place. We don't think of nirvana as a place, that's like a heaven. Whenever, if it is a place, it is a form. It is formless. Form gives us the problem. Our body gives us the problem. You think we always cherish our body. Of course, we have to put in good health. But we're always attached to our own body. But this body gives you... This body, you brought it forward by yourself, by your own karma. And also, this body will disintegrate. It gives you a lot of problems too. So Pure Land is another approach to 
Pure Land is, there was a Buddha called Amitabha Buddha. Uh, he, had a one, he had one very grand big wish of creating a pure land. Um, and based on certain conditions, if you chant his name with devotion and extractor, extractor, you can find out from the Amitabha Sutra, then when you passed away, if you have that one uh, wholeness of mind, then you will be reborn in that pure land where there's no reincarnation. But that is only a, transit, a, a, a transient or a, a transitory place where you'll still have to learn to get to the nirvana. In other words, there's a place where you can immigrate to out of life and death first. And then in there, there's no life and death. But you're not in nirvana as yet. You still have to learn in there to achieve nirvana. That is a transitory. You're on transit, in other words. But there's a place good enough that you don't have to go back into reincarnation. You stay, you stay in there, and in there, the Buddha will be the professors. The Bodhisattvas will be the assistant professors. It's just like going to an university, a university of not falling back into reincarnation as, as a transit. And then you're learning in there until you get to nirvana. That's a safe place. Because in this one lifetime, we may not be successful all by our own efforts to achieve nirvana. So Amitabha created this transit place where you'll be born in there, that university, and you continue with the course and you go to nirvana. But to be born in there is not easy. You really have to practice um, chanting Amitabha, practice, you, you read this, you have to read the sutra. Th there are three sutras specifying how you practice the pure land approach. That is the most expedient approach to first get out from reincarnation. Because in this li one lifetime, you, if you want to achieve nirvana, go beyond life and death, it's extremely difficult. Because you have a lot of bad karma. Starvations, life and death, wars, international wars, um, terrorism and everything, sickness. It's very difficult to achieve nirvana at one lifetime. So that's a transitory place where we can go to. That is a place. Where we, uh, a pure land we can go to. So we'll have to learn about it. There's a lot to learn in there. Can you please explain the meaning of Om Mani Padme Hom? Very briefly, Om, Om Mani Padme Hom is a Sanskrit um, mantra. And as a, a mantra, uh, spoken by Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva. And Om means the mother of all sound, the origin of all good deeds. Matni means the most precious jewel on earth. It's a metaphor. It symbolizes the most precious in us. That's the Bodhi nature in us. We have that most precious Bodhi nature in us, in all sentient beings, that we can attain. We can be the Buddha. Being the Buddha is you're free from the karma, 
and will be at nirvana. That nature it is in you. That nature is the most precious. You have to practice to discover it, to reveal it. Padme means lotus flower. Lotus flower symbolizes purity. You have to purify your behavior, purify your speech, purify your thought. In other words, you have to purify you in order to reveal that body nature. You have to work at it. There's so many practices will lead you towards the purity of the behavior of your speech and your thought. Then if you have done that, successfully done that, you can get Matni, which is the most precious jewel or the Bodhi. Home, that means a Bodhi seat. Every time when you chant this, a seat is planted in your consciousness. You will practice until you become the Buddha. Every, every sentient being has that potential of becoming the Buddha. We are the unenlightened Buddha inside. So this Om Mani Padme Home will always remind you, I have to practice. Where does karma originate from? Bad karma, good karma. Where does it originate from? Originate from the thought. Brings into action by the speech, by behavior, by acting. So you, you always remember that I have to purify my thought, then consequently I purify my speech, my action, then I'm purifying my karma. I am achieving that enlightenment path. I'm, I am walking the sagely path. So this uh, six syllables mantra will always remind you to practice charity, endurances, wisdom, meditation, morality. It contains all the teaching of the Buddha, but it's just in a very summarized form. Om Mani Padme Hum. That means purify your body, your speech, your mind, then you discover your Bodhi nature. And every time when I chant this Six Siddhartha's Mantra, a seed is planted in my consciousness. Even though I'm not successful in this lifetime, in next lifetime, my seed will grow. If you continuously chant this, the seed is very strong, the energy is very strong in you. You can feel the energy right now even when you're chanting. That energy is planted in your alaya consciousness. And it would magnify and magnify when you chant more and more. So whenever you're driving, don't be daydreaming, just Om Mani Padme Hum, Om Mani Padme Hum. Whenever you see something bad and you wish it to be good, say Om Mani Padme Hum. It's almost like a, an, um, almost like a, a, a magic for you. And this magic is a reminder for you to be better. Okay, next question. Is it possible for, for a being in the animal realm to go up nirvana? Uh, or they, must, they, they go to the human realm first. Usually, when a, a being falls into the animal realm, they, have, they are very ignorant. They may not have the wisdom to understand the Buddha's teaching. But some... Very few cases, very rare cases, some animals understand. And there are cases where, where parrots uh, and dogs and monkeys stay near temples. They listen to the monks chanting every day and they get used to it. And they even follow the monks to do morning lessons. And there was a parrot, uh, a bird, who was able to, to imitate human voice. And they actually chant Amitabha, Amitabha all the time. 
and uh, one day the, 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 the bird passed away uh, does not seem to have any sickness in the middle of the, of the chanting of the monks morning lesson so animals some in rare some cases animals have the wisdom but in a lot of cases animals were so ignorant because they were ignorant they went into animal realm so if you are in the human realm if we are in the human realm we are extremely lucky we are lucky that we're in human realm that we can learn the Buddhist teaching but how many people learned not many they have the wisdom but they, 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 they use their intelligence somewhere else some use the intelligence, misuse the intelligence in wrong deeds. Some criminals have, are very intelligent, they would use it in the wrong way. So we are very lucky that we are humans, but we don't use our intelligence to pursue the spiritual path. We only look at material. All the time we, we want, we, when acquire more, every time we look at acquisitions, material acquisitions, and sometimes by all means, even stepping on others and hurting others, we want to get material acquisitions. So we work on the concept of ego, personality, being, and, and life. And this, and, and, and this is responsible for many things. International war, domestic stripes, riots, um, stripes at home even, in a company, human conflicts, many, uh, many of these things. So, it's not easy to be, animal, to be in the animal realm to go to nirvana. It's extremely difficult. Not, it's easy, in, it's, it's, more, it's difficult enough in the human realm for human to go to nirvana. Not to say animal realm going to nirvana. What kind of help you can get from Buddha without you doing something to achieve your goal? For example, if you have sickness, you need to go to the doctor to get better. Not only doing good deeds, meditation and faith, of course. If you're doing good deeds, your meditation and faith, that pave you the way for many costs, good causes to come. It does not mean that if I'm sick, I don't have to see a doctor. As long as I'm performing good deeds, meditation, and faith, then I will get better. Now, and also, we have, you have to look at your own your criteria of good deeds, meditation, and faith. Some people, some people may think that I gave a dollar to a, to a, to a vagabond, to a, to, a, to a poor guy, and, and I've done great things. I gave him a dollar. Good deeds involve many things, not just superficially donating a dollar or ten dollars here, one dollar there, and that's good deeds. Good deeds can even mean sacrificing your body for the majority of people, like politicians do. Like, um, there's so many, so many of, of these. Uh, it's also, every one of these have certain criteria to your standard. Um, Maybe to my standard, one dollar donation, it's, it's good deed. I have a million dollar, I'm willing to donate ten dollars, I'm good enough. But you know it's not good enough. You have ten million dollars and you feel that you've done a great deed by donating ten dollars. So, you, when you are sick, you still have to see, go to see a doctor. But doing good deeds, meditation and faith would pave the way for many good causes to come. 
And maybe if you do good deeds, it paves you the way to see a good doctor. For example, good deeds, you're always kind to your friends. You're always not selfish, you're always helping your friends out. And then one day you get sick, your, your friend comes to you, and your friend introduces a good doctor to you. Had you not been helping them, you may not have a good doctor. So you are working in favor of yourself. On the other hand, you say, if you have sickness, you need to go to the doctor. That's just not just good deep meditation and faith. And remember, some, some doctors may pull you down too. You think by, by seeing a doctor, it would get you better? Some are good and some are bad. You may get worse sometimes. We don't know. But if we know that if you have germinate good causes, good effect will come. So you do all kinds of good deeds. You do meditation. You're in, well, you have good, good faith. All this is positive, benevolent. Then good things will come. You still need to see a doctor. It's all in the good deeds. It's all in causality, cause and effect. Last, I hope that I will not need to be reborn again, but in case I do, is there anything I can do in this life to help ensure that I will be reborn in the Buddhist surroundings so that I can quickly get back into the right paths? Good questions. So if, in case you have to be reborn again, you would like to be reborn in the Buddhist surroundings, you already have done the good cause for it. Because you have come here, you ask this question, you are with the Buddhist surrounding. You are all, all, you're already building up the cause for your next life. Who knows, maybe in 60 years, you may come back here again. If you're 40 years old, in 60 years or 100, you passed away, and then in 20 years, you'll come back to be a youngster, and you may be this reincarnation. And hopefully, when I'm an old man, I got to go, then you come back and take over. Then I don't, I don't, there's someone better will be taking over. So, you are building up for yourself all these good causes by doing good deeds. And you are the creator of your own destiny. You are also the creator of your downfall too. So you got to watch it. Okay, that's it for today. <laughs>